All right. Today we've got a pretty simple lesson. I'm going to have uh, some of the stuff up on the board. Uh, probably all of it. I'm going to switch back and forth like I've been doing a little bit here lately where I have the uh, passages and uh, the PowerPoint up here. Um, oh, there we go. Yep. Okay. Make sure I'm in the right spot. There we go. All right. So today we're going to talk about, you know, a couple uh, common uh, themes throughout the Bible, this idea of spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those things. And, uh, you know, these are pretty simple things uh, to discuss. Um, what I'll ask you to do in some cases is to have your have your book open to that passage because we're going to go through and ask some questions and we're going to talk about it. I want you to think about it while we're talking about it. Um, and um, we'll see if we can't make um, some points and maybe uh, think as clearly as we possibly can about some of these simple things. So our first passage here is 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. I'm sorry for that being small. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6 for you in the back. And I'm going to go ahead and open it up here. And keep your place there because I'm going to go back and uh, ask a few questions. But therefore, since we have this ministry and we receive mercy... We do not lose heart, though we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and our bondservants, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Light shall shine out of uh, darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Let's see how well I do this. All right. So, as you got your book open there, you can see in verse 2 that basically what is being said is that, you know, we're telling the apostles, we're telling the message straight. Um, we're not concerned with uh, political correctness. Um, you can tell by the nature of what we've said, your conscience will speak to this, that what we're saying is true. We're just telling the whole truth. And you and in other places, I think Paul says, didn't fail to declare the whole counsel of God. He's just saying this another way. Um, let's go back to verse 3. So, and if our gospel is veiled, um, it is veiled to those who are perishing. 
And, and, you know, he's got this long sentence going here. So these pieces, you know, th- this piece and the next piece and the next verse kind of go together. Um, so the question on the PowerPoint is basically, you know, to whom is this veiled? Well, it's veiled to those that are perishing. What does that mean? Those that are dying. Um, and is he, he's talking about spiritual death, right? Uh, but... You know, we do understand um, these parallel images of us understanding uh, things better by understanding, you know, the physical world as well. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So, if you can't see, you know, you can make the conclusion that you're among the perishing. If you can't see the truth that we're declaring to you, if you can't see the light of the gospel, right, you're, you're in this crowd. So this idea of spiritual blindness, um, if you're not seeing the truth, if you're not getting it, that's your condition. So how is it, and this is kind of our discussion part, a good bit of it. This is kind of, I think, the primary verse in this reading. How is it, do you suppose, that the devil has blinded folks? How does this work? And I kind of told the guys in my class, we did a little review of this uh, in there. And I told the guys in the class, I said, well, I'm not going to use these same examples out there, but I think I will. I think I'm going to, right? Because they were really simple. And they're really easy to understand. So one of the ones that I used this morning, um, this morning, um, we're driving in and the hot light was on. Does anybody know what I mean when I say the hot light was on at the Krispy Kreme? The hot light was on. Okay. There was commentary in the vehicle. The hot light's on. You know. And what are the thoughts running through? It's Valentine's Day. We got an excuse, you know. The hot lights on. I'm driving the truck. My wallet's laying right here. We're early, but I don't pull in. And so, what I, I want us to think about some of these, you know, these concepts are really easy concepts, and we ought to think about them in a in a in a simple way, right? So, why did I not pull in there? Let me stand out from behind here. All right. Why did I not pull out and pull in there, right? Well, it's all evident, right? It's not good for me, right? That's not what's best for me. Uh, so, you know, how do I convince? Do I know how to convince myself to pull in? Does everybody know how to do that? We all know that how that mechanism works inside of us, don't we? Just this once. You ever said, anybody in here ever said just this once to themselves? Right. Where does that take you? It takes you right here, right? That's what, And it takes you in a place you don't want to go, right? So, how do you suppose the devil blinds folks? Does he just grab my steering wheel and just whoo, wheeling in there against my will? We know that's not what's happening. If you're honest with yourself, you know that's not what's happening. Right? 
highlights on. Do you think the marketers at Krispy Kreme know more about you and me than the devil does? Raise your hand if you think those folks are smarter about uh, what drives me than the devil does. Does the devil know you? Sure. God's made us a promise. We're not going to be presented with temptations that we cannot overcome, that we cannot say no to. There's a promise laying there for us. Right? But what do we do? How about just this once? Right? And we know that the things that pull us away are temporary. We know from what James tells us, though, that we're the source of these things. Right? And what we're doing is agreeing with the devil when we, you know, when we give in to these things. We're agreeing with him that I'm going to close my eyes to the truth of the gospel. I'm going to close my eyes to the great gifts that I've been given, the, you know, the spiritual promises, the history. I'm going I'm to turn my back on all that. I'm going to close my eyes to those truths temporarily. I'm going to willingly be blind for what? I know that when that donut's hot, I can start thinking about it, and I feel it going down in my cheeks right there. It just starts, mouth starts watering. Do I know what that is? Sure I do. Devil's getting a whole lot of help, isn't he? And he's getting it from us, right? So this idea of spiritual blindness is not um, that I'm ignorant and have no knowledge of the truth or no knowledge of the gospel. Right? So how blind are you if you can't see the light while you're standing in the dark? And, you know, a lot of us, we've all been out at night, and the light is way down there, and we're over here in the dark. Can you find the light? Yes. If the light's shining, you can find it. It's there. You either go to it or you don't. Right? Um, it's not really that hard to see. And he, he, he makes reference in this passage to their consciences. You know, their conscience. We know there he's telling us right. One of the things I said to the boys, I said, you know, um, your mama tells you you can't have the chocolate or donuts or whatever before supper because she hates you, right? No. Oh truth is she wants better for you than you do really right now i mean you just i'm blinded by the fact that i want chocolate right now i don't want to wait till after supper or whatever you know well she doesn't want that against your good and in our situation with god is the same way this gospel has been given to us for why for our eternal salvation. All of these things that we want here that are bad for us are for very temporary pleasure. You know, when that dozen donuts is gone, it's over. Then I'm just dealing with the empty calories, right? I just got the consequences of my sin. Carrying it with me, right? Um the consequences of my bad choice, but it's really the consequences of my blindness because I'm working, you know, I'm working against my own good. 
spiritual blindness is something that we choose. Um, and I also asked the boys, I said, all right, y'all are, you know, you're not very old, but I know. Have you ever known anybody who was in darkness, in sin, who knew better, and you observed that they decided to stay there? Right? Hey, yeah, I've seen that. In their young lives, they've seen that, right? They already know. And we know. So why, you know, you're like, we don't need to act dumbfounded when folks choose this. Because we see it, right? Um, One of the things that we see now is there's a lot of people in the world around us that claim to be followers of Christ. And we we talked about this in that class. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell the parents. Uh, the so the guy and the gal oh we love each other and and we're gonna get married but we're gonna go ahead you know we're gonna go ahead and start this arrangement you know living together um where does that I mean who's telling them that that's okay is it their conscience probably uh, but their own desires and the devil telling them, you know, sending, hey, it's okay. And all the political correctness around them, hey, it's okay, you know. Um, but you can see how spiritual blindness works. It comes from what you want. I asked him, I said, you know, so where does this come from? And Kyle had it. He knew people want what they want. They want what they want. They already know it. You don't have to be very old to know. You want what you want, right? And so how do we fix that? Why is it people who do, not, who do see the light will choose to remain in the dark? We know the answer to that. But how do we work against it? That's, you know, that's kind of the lesson. And you have to really adopt His purpose for you, right? Like, your mom wants you to be healthier than you want to be, probably. You know, she wants something better for you than you probably want for yourself. Same thing with our God. He wants something better for us, probably, than we want a lot of days on our own. How do we overcome this spiritual blindness? How about we adopt His purpose for us? How about we make what He wants for us what we want for us? Then doesn't it get easier? This idea of seeing what's true, what's real with regard to our sin, with regard to what's true. But if you look at the context, if you read that passage, you can see that that's kind of the message that's coming out of there. So, Revelations uh, 3, starting in verse 16. So, you, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing... And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Um... So, 
how is it I convince myself that I'm wealthy and have need of nothing, but my actual condition is wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked? How do I do that? It's by, it's by my own choice is how I do it, right? I choose, I choose the lie. I advise you to buy from me, and who's the me there? See the big capital. We know who the me is. Gold refined by fire so that you can be the things that you actually think you are. <laughs> but it's, it's, you see what he comes down to? And I say I to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So that you may see what? So that you may see what's true. What's real. So that you may not be blind to what's true. He, he, you know, you think you're this, but you're that. But, you know, come to me and guess what I got? I got the real thing. I got the real thing, the lasting thing. You know. And we know who it is that has the cure for this blindness. And it's, it's Christ. It's the gospel. It's the truth. Psalms 146.8, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Let's go to this passage together in Matthew 23. Matthew 23, starting in verse 16. Matthew 23, starting in verse 16. Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing, and whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. You fools and blind man, blind men, which is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing, but whoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. You blind men, which is more important, the offer or the altars that, the altars that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, whoever swears by the altar swears both by the altar and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells in it. And whomever swears by heaven swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides who strain out at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but the inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too appear outwardly righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous, and say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the son of those, the, 
the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? Um, So, ignorance of the scriptures. That was the problem these guys had, right? They just didn't know what the Bible said. I see some heads shaking. No, that's correct. They knew. Uh, had they been exposed to the to the truth, to what was real? They had. So, they say, in verse 30, if I'd been living in the days of our fathers, we, haven't, we wouldn't have been partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Y'all believe that? They were self-deluded, self-deceived, right? Why did they not see the truth? Jesus is trying to give them a... He's dropping a truth bomb on them, isn't He? He's making it clear. Um, so, why are they in this condition? Jesus calls these men blind. And you got to think, why? Why does Jesus call these men blind that were really the folks that ran around telling everybody what the law said? What were they, what was the problem? And of course, you know, it's a whole lesson in and of itself what the problem is, but I mean... These men have made a choice, and I think, you know, when we're looking back at these things, we generally think, you know, it wasn't for donuts. It, it wasn't for the desire of the shack-up girlfriend. This was for the desire of power. This was for, you know, I want to hold you accountable, but I don't want to be accountable, right? And we see that. You know, he tells folks, hey, you know, Pharisees tell you to do it, do it. But don't follow what they do because they don't do it. They won't lift their fingers to this, right? They don't want accountability. They're, you know, they're blind to the truth of who Christ is because they want what they want. And that's, that's what Kyle pointed out this morning. People want what they want, and that's the problem. That's why they wind up in league with the devil and not with God. And that's why we wind up in league with the devil. That's what happens to us. Luke 6, 39-42. And he also spoke a parable to them. A blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will he not both fall into a pit? A pupil is not above his teacher, but... Everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out of the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, uh, and then you will uh, see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, Is he completely against you observing the speck in your brother's eye? Is that what this is? 
He's not against you observing the speck in your brother's eye. What's he against? You hadn't dealt with the truth on your end, right? You hadn't dealt with the reality of who you are yet. And how important is that? Before you can proceed as an effective, fruitful Christian to help your brother, what do you got to do? You got to see the truth concerning yourself and deal with that, right? See the see the truth concerning yourself and deal with that. And remember, I mean, we we do not want to forget how easy it is for me to be the partner of the devil when I want what I want. When I want what I want, it's real easy to partner up with the devil on it because that's what he wants for me. He wants me to have what I want for me temporarily, right? That's what he wants. So we talked about that. Second um, Peter 1, starting in verse 5. Now for this reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is what? Blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. And what we need to understand is, is this lesson on spiritual blindness it's as much or more for Christians than it is for anybody. It's not. This isn't just about the lost folks, folks. This is about us. Um, and there's, you know, a ton of uh, lessons or whatever in this first part of this verse, but you can see where I'm trying to make an emphasis. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, right? So what are we supposed to be doing? Growing. And what's the other option? Not growing. And what's the not growing going to carry you off into? It's going to carry you off into this blindness or short-sightedness uh, to the place where you've forgotten your purification from your former sins. Do you all remember how bought into this idea of this eternal benefit you were, where you, where you were mentally, when you were first baptized. And how do you hold on to that? You keep increasing in all of these things right here. You keep whittling on that. Applying all diligence to these things. And you can hang on to that. But you quit applying all diligence to these things. You quit increasing. And where are you headed? Fact is, you've already made a choice for blindness, right? You've you're already short-sighted. When you when you let off the gas, because when you're doing this, when you're applying all diligence to this, you're mashing the gas. You're headed for what? You're headed for that eternal reward, right? 
wide open. That's where I'm headed. And when you let off the gas, what it, what's happened to that? Are you not in a hurry? I mean, you don't want to get there anymore? It's not that, is it? What's happening is, is you're, you, you've kind of, uh, uh, I'm going to pull in here and get this donut just this once. Or, and that's kind of how it starts, right? This, that's, and that's what he's telling you. you. You forget what you had. You forget what you'd embraced, right? That's how you get to this. And like I say, these, this is for Christians. And we've answered that. What are these verses saying is the condition of a Christian who isn't increasing in these characteristics and the characteristics that are listed there. Let's go to 2 Peter 1, 10 through 15. 2 Peter 1, 10 through 15. I'm not real good with this. Let's see. 2 Peter 1, 10 through 15. All right. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Does that sound like what we just concluded? That last passage pretty much said? Be diligent. Make certain. As long as you practice these things, you're good. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. What's he saying? Where are you headed? Where are you mashing the gas trying to get to? Hard as you can. The eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and what he's saying is this, this, this entrance, this way is abundantly supplied to you while you're doing it, while you're wide open, you're diligent to add those things, to increase in those things. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Why do we keep going over these simple lessons in a place like this? There's a lot of study going on in this room. Right? There's a lot of people know what this book says. Why do we keep talking about this easy stuff? I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, and also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. <clears throat> and I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Um... What's he saying? I'm never going to stop talking about this same stuff. I'm always going to be reminding you of these things. We're always going to be thinking about that eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not going to quit. We're not going to turn back. We're not going to let off the gas. Right? So what did he think was a good way to ward off spiritual blindness? Right? Diligence. Practicing those things. Hearing problems. 
more more problems. Okay? Hebrews 5. Concerning him that we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. What senses do you think he's talking about? That, that, how important is this, right, to observe, you know? Practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Um, This discerning good and evil, you remember me talking about the shack up guy? Are there people helping this guy, wherever it is he goes to church, to think that that's okay? Where, is it, where are these folks going to go to understand what the truth is? They need to be um, much more concerned about God's will for them than their will for themselves, right? That's the first spot. You've got to take your will out, right? And put His will in. Guess how much easier it is to see What's immoral in that case when he just makes that switch, right? Then all of a sudden he's surrounded by folks and he ain't so sure they're telling the truth no more. You know, all of a sudden the truth comes in a little bit more clear view when you can give up your will and study enough to know what his will is. Why is it these Christians have failed to grow? You know, we we read that last passage. Uh, why'd they fail to grow? Weren't studying. They weren't applying themselves. They weren't practicing. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Romans ten seventeen. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Is there a cure for these things? In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, "You will keep on hearing, but you will not, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull; with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them." Old Testament stuff. This stuff don't apply to us no more. Uh, is that true? That's crazy. I see head shaking. No, Mark. Um, right there in the, about the dead middle of that, and they have closed their eyes. Who? So who's doing this? Who's ca- who? Who's really causing this blindness? Why is it they can't see? 
they closed their eyes to what was true, right? Can you see the light in the darkness? You can, but you don't have to go over there where it's at. You can stand around in the dark if you want to, can't you? But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You know, that message is, is we've got the best message. We've got the whole truth. We've got everything we need at this point in these Bibles to give us a clear view of what was done for us, what's required of us, and what awaits us. We have a fabulously clear view compared to these folks right here. So, you know, the point is, how crazy are y'all to, to make these same kind of choices, to choose to close your eyes to something that, I mean, it's, it's in black and white now. The whole thing, the whole story, the promise, right? All right, Mark 2, 16, um, 17, when the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with the tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So who has the cure for all spiritual diseases, for all these impairments, who has the cure? It's the great physician. And I think that's what 338 talks about in our song books. It is. Thank you, Jerry. Um, so, this lesson's really mostly designed for Christians. Um, Those that have embraced uh, the idea of uh, who God is, that he's your creator and that you're responsible to him, um, understand their sin, understand their need for Christ, um, who've embraced the truth and who want to embrace the promise that's been given with regard to um, heaven and what it is they need to do to go. Uh, we certainly have an invitation here that's always open. If you need to be baptized and you know that and you know why, we want to help you do that. But this has mostly been for Christians today, folks that have uh, been going along the trail. And, um, you know, what we see is that um, Jesus holds the answer after you're a Christian to these spiritual impairments, these uh, diseases that hold us back, keep us from prospering as Christians, that keep us from uh, embracing that promise and hope that helps us see this life and the things in it much more clearly. If you've uh, determined that you need the prayers of the saints uh, because you've... uh, uh, fallen in some way uh, or you just want the prayers of the saints here uh, we ask you to come forward and let that be known while we stand and sing this song